Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 8716, or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning with the double L team filling in for the M Factor while Mon is away in in Kenya. He's travelling to Ethiopia soon. Anyway, coming up in today's show, of course, Mon will be joining us for her daily update from Kenya, talking about African or Kenyan culture, and this time Kenyan food. Apparently, some of it is just amazing, and some of it is just not amazing in an epic way, but we will find out all about that and find out why that is the case as we work our way through today's show. But the reason we know this, of course, is because it has already gone to air. We have already played that. This is the delayed broadcast. You are behind the times, and just in case you are wondering. And so if you don't want to be the Johnny-come-lately, if you want to catch up with where everybody else is at, if you want to join in all the other fun, then you know what to do. Just simply go over to faithfm.com.au, press play, or check us out on the TuneIn radio app, or any other radio app for that matter. We just like to use the free version of TuneIn. And uh, and you will be up and running right there. Um, that way you can listen to us anywhere in the world. You will never get a dodgy signal and you simply run it through your car stereo or stick it in your ears uh, if you're working in a workshop or some other kind of environment like that. So you can enjoy the breakfast show wherever you go. However... You do need to know that coming up in today's show, we are going to talk about one of the most humorous stories that I've ever heard of a pastor in church ordering toilet paper in his parishioner's home during his sermon. How could that possibly happen? How would that take place? Well, if you want to find out, then you will need to listen. There's a great object lesson that goes right along with this story, an object lesson that you want to hear. Okay, um, coming up in other stories, of course, we're going to be dealing with our encounter with God. And in our, in our encounter with God section, we are going to be looking at, once again, the prophetic rise of Islam. We continue this series looking in depth at the history of what took place. We are going to finish a time prophecy that began way back on uh, the 27th of uh, July 1299 and ends exactly fulfilled to the day on the 11th of August, 1840. A fulfilled prophecy we're going to be looking at. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss anything that comes up in today's show. It's going to be truly amazing. And we love you guys. We particularly love it when you join us for The Breakfast Show every morning. And we wish you God's blessings all the way through this delayed broadcast. Fly away, glory.
Welcome back, everybody. We are crossing, as we always do, over to Mon in Kenya. Uh, Mon, great to hear your report again this morning. Oh, I'm so happy to be back telling you guys all about it. How are you guys doing in the studio? Are you guys over your cold flu thing? I just know it's the man flu. It's been dragging on for way longer than normal person. <laughs> nah, we're fine. We're all good. We have we have knocked those we have knocked those head colds on the head. Oh, I'm glad to hear it because you know when you did have the flu, we were doing these monrogs and you would forget to press record and have to do them three times in a row. So <laughs> I really hope you're feeling better and you're pressing record. This morning we have pressed record. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Lyle, last time I spoke to you, I told you about the, um, the community living on the rubbish dump. But prior to that, I was telling you a little bit about um, Kenyan culture and we, we can't kind of cut it short because I was going on forever. But I wanted to go back to that and tell you a little bit more about Kenyan culture. In okay. There was a story. I remember there was today, a story that we um, – there was a story. Yes. We- yeah, I'm going to tell you that, and then I'm also going to tell you particularly all about Kenyan food because I've been having quite the experience with it. Um, so the bit that I that we wanted I wanted to share with you was actually all about religion in, in Kenya, um, and you'll be surprised to see just how deeply Christian this country is. I've never seen anything like this. When I first went to America back in 2010, it was already <laughs> a bit of an experience. Um, coming from a place as secular as Australia and heading to the States and seeing how blatant they were about their beliefs. And I remember walking into a petrol station one day and they were selling Christian books on a little turnstile um, just next to the counter and just being astounded because I, you'd never see that in Australia. Like to get a Christian book, you'd have to go to a, you know, a specialist bookstore. Um, but Kenya is on a whole nother level. If you're a Christian, you advertise it far and wide and you fly that flag so loud and proud. I, it's just mind-boggling. So um, a lot of the people here are in retail uh, business is one of the, I guess, the most basic ways that they can make money, um, just the concept of buying something um, at cost and then selling it for uh, a profit is one of the most obvious ways that people make their money here. So anything from people who just carry around a sliced up watermelon in a bucket to people who have little street stalls, little vendors, um, to like bigger shops. Uh, so it's, it seems to be the main kind of job that people have. And any kind of establishment is usually painted brightly and just covered in uh, – Bible verses, Bible references, um, Christian slogans, just everywhere you go, you'll see a reference to a different Bible verse. Funnily enough, they don't always write the entire Bible quote out. They'll just take a reference on there. So we're constantly like scrambling to get our phones out to look up on the internet, you know, what that Bible verse is and what it is they're trying to convey. Um, there's, it, it's almost like every third building in Kenya is a church. I think it's, uh, Catholicism is the number one religion, um, closely followed by number two is Seventh-day Adventism, actually. And, uh, in fact, I remember one of the clinics we were at, um, a lady told me that within a 15-minute drive of that clinic, there was 15 churches. It was like one church per minute for the Adventists. And um, I was like, wow. <laughs> um, but one of the other things you see a lot is uh, when people um, ride their motorcycles 
on the mud flaps, they'll write all kinds of Christian slogans like God is love and Jesus saves and God answers prayer and God is mighty and this kind of thing and just hand painted on the, on the mud flaps and, uh, and also on even bigger trucks. <laughs> so we actually saw one truck. It was obviously, um, a Catholic one because on the back it had just like written in huge hand-painted letters, the Pope. And, <laughs> and, uh, it, it's just, I've never seen, I've never seen a country so steeped, um, and so proud in its religion. And, uh, it really is a heartening thing to see. And they, they love to tell you as soon as they can that they're Christian and they're born again and they want to say amen and hallelujah all the time. And, um, I was walking down the street yesterday and there was a guy standing there with a Bible and, you know, cause they love to, to smile and, and wave and shake the hand of a stranger. Um, and so he just started like and greeting me. And, uh, and before you know it, you know, he had his Bible and was like doing the street pe- preaching for me. It was great fun. So it is so different to Australia where often we might even know someone for years and not even know that they're religious. So it's a really stark contrast. Yeah, and we would be almost afraid to put a religious slogan on our business for fear that it would hurt our oh, business. Absolutely. It's it's so different. And I, I, actually, I actually kind of love it. Like I just love how proud they are um, because they know that everything they have comes from God and they, they rely on him so much that they can't help but just proclaim his goodness. And, uh, yeah, it's... Is faith affirming and I love it. So, but let me tell you about the food. Yes. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I'm going to tell you the good things and the bad things. I'm not going to be nice about this <laughs> unless it's really deserved. Um, so, I tried probably the most popular dish in Kenya, most um, traditional popular dish called yugali. And um, it is made out of maize, so cornmeal. And uh, <laughs> it is kind of a mush, and I was told it was tasteless. And I hadn't had it yet because our team leaders hate it. They come, they come here twice a year, and they're so over ugali, and they always say, don't make ugali for us anymore. Um, so I hadn't actually had the opportunity to have it, but I ordered it off the restaurant uh, menu the other day, and I um, <laughs> unfortunately, I didn't order the refined white ugali. I ordered brown ugali because me being a little bit into health, I was like, oh, I'll get a healthy option. <laughs> <laughs> and this thing came out on my plate. Lala, kid, you know, it looked like a mud pad. <laughs> it comes out on my plate. And I'm like, what is that? And no <laughs> amount of gravy or avocado or spinach or anything would make that thing taste good. It was, it was indeed tasteless, but the worst thing was the texture. It tasted like I was eating a wet sand bundi. It was <laughs> I was like, how do y'all eat this stuff? Um, So that was really nasty. Uh, Things that they do really well, however, and I'm really sorry, Australia, but it is time to sit down because Kenyan ginger beer is the best ginger beer I have ever had. No. So sorry, Bundaberg, but you've taken a second seat. Absolutely. No. That's impossible. It is true. They have this one called Stonies, and it's just so good. I just, I can't say no. I wasn't going to drink too much soda, but like their, their ginger beer is just something else. They, I think because it's so 
they don't really have that much access to processed ingredients. So when they do make something, it's often fresh and organic just because they don't have access to chemicals and, and pr- preservation the way that we do. And so you can really like taste the chunks and ginger beer. Oh, and it comes in a glass bottle and it's just so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, because when I was a kid, we used to make our own ginger beer and fresh ginger beer is pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. Totally different, totally drink. different. They do this drink called Dawa. And it's almost like a medicine, um, but you can literally order it in any cafe. And it basically is fresh ginger, um, fresh lemon, um, honey, and hot water. And they just, they just drink it. It's like a cup of tea, but it's also medicinal. So we've been chowing those down because they're so good for you. Also, Lyle, bananas in Africa, unbelievable. I feel like I've, for the first time in my life, tasted what a banana is supposed to taste like. And it's just incredible. I can't stop eating them. They're so good. Tomato soup here is just amazing. I, I could do a tomato soup tour of Kenya. I know that sounds crazy. I'm not a huge soup person, but I cannot stop eating tomato soup here. Things they can't do, juice. Cannot figure out how to juice. <laughs> when he asks for fresh juice, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, it's fresh. We just pressed it now. But what they do do is they like press maybe a quarter of the cup and then the rest of it fill it up with sugar syrup because it's just too oh. expensive for them to do it. So all the juice here is revolting. Don't really understand bread, Western bread. I, salad is a foreign concept to them. And uh, unfortunately, most things start with a cup of frying oil. Um, so everything is really, really oily. But other than that, food is pretty tasty. Wow. that's. Um, do we have <laughs> Real quick, real quick. Sorry. Do we, do we, one more. Okay. So along with their Christianity, and because there's so many churches here, um, what they do is they actually record – uh, the people singing in the churches. And then when you, like, I was walking down the street and I kept seeing these um, CD vendors, so people selling CDs. And I wandered over because I was curious. And it's not like, they're not like selling the, lady, the latest Lady Gaga or Madonna or whatever CD. They're actually selling recordings of all the churches in their local area. And they're like, that's their top 40. Whichever churches are, are churning out the best hymns and the best gospel tunes. And so I was like, what? And I was flicking through them and I bought a bunch of local SDA church gospel recordings. I'm so excited about it. And I'm going to bring it home and I think we should play it on Faith FM. I think we should. I think I'd like to hear some of that to see what it sounds like yeah, when they nice. um, record something from the front of the church. Why not? Fantastic. Yeah. Hey, mine has been awesome uh, catching up again today and learning all about Kenyan culture. And uh, we wish you all all the best over there and look forward to catching up again tomorrow. Right now we're going no to worries. Uh, yeah, continue on with the show and we'll be back with uh, more serious news immediately after this song. Thank you. 
Christ is risen here on Faith FM. Time for the first clue for the quiz for today. Lawson, go for it. Yes. Oh, this is a good quiz. But in the first clue, there's a word that I don't know I can pronounce. Okay. So I'm just, I'm just like just mentally just, walking just, just myself confidence, through it. Just confidence. Okay, just okay. state it with confidence. Okay. Quote, to them he gave the name Boaneg. Nergis. Bowen Bowen Nergis. <laughs> Bowen Nergis. Yeah. Oh, I'm loving this so much. <laughs> I have no idea what's just, going on. I'm just I'm just sitting here and Okay. Oh, this is a what book am I quiz, by the way. Like I Okay, just, so where where does that quote come from? What yes. book am I? What yes. what book am I do yeah. you find um Bowen Yeah It's B O A N E. Uh, I haven't got the faintest idea. I have read this word before a long time ago somewhere. I have no idea where it is. Okay. Well, we'll find out as we give, we give will more indeed. clues. We give will us a call, 1-800-324-843. If you know where this is, possibly. Then <coughs> Double then. prizes are available, so Bam. I would do some searching right now. All right, Lyle. Yes. What, what's going on around the world? Okay, so um, <clears throat> Pastor Phil Brookman was preaching the other day. Who's that? Um, he is the pastor of, let me just get it here, um, the Memorial Road Church of Christ. Okay. So he's preaching a sermon, and really good sermon because he's preaching about you know, how we are socially disconnected today. You know, the body of Christ, all that kind of thing, and how the body of Christ needs to be connected. First mm. Corinthians chapter 12 is his theme. You know, great theme, great sermon, great great subject. But you know how we have, uh, you know how we have Siri, right? Yeah. Okay, so Amazon has Alexa. Yeah. Yep, and yep, so yep, if yep. you want Alexa to play music or to set your alarm or to order things on Amazon, you ask Alexa to do it. Yeah. Okay, so um, he's talking about this and he decides to, decides to use Alexa as an example in his sermon. Mm-hmm. Well, as it turns out, Bethany Becknell and her daughter were home with the flu. This is last Sunday. Yeah. And uh, and her husband and their son had gone to church. Mm-hmm. 
And so she decides that she's going to uh, go to church online, as you do these days when you're home with the flu. So mm. she's um, is all live streaming through her phone. And as a part of uh, you know Pastor Brookman's illustration, he mentions that you know you don't even know need to go to the shops anymore if you want to buy toilet paper. All you have to do is say Alexa, please buy toilet paper, mm-hmm. and, and Alexa just orders it. Well, um, Bethany Becknell is at home listening on her uh, oh, online, man, and she hears a polite little voice from Alexa telling her that toilet paper has just been ordered. Dude, that's so classic. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> okay, so uh, she quickly t- checks her phone, and yes, there are 60 rolls, mind you. Yep. <laughs> 60 rolls of uh, you know, high-quality, double-thickness uh, toilet paper. Toilet paper that have just been added to uh, Alexa says, "Okay, I've added it to your cart and uh, coming to a total of twenty seven dollars and forty five cents." So she thought that was rather humorous. Took a screenshot and sent it to her husband. So as he's walking out and shaking the pastor's hand on the way out of church, he mentions that the pastor now owes him twenty eight dollars for toilet paper. Nice, nice. <laughs> okay, so this is an interesting church because it's one of those churches where they have uh, two. You know, the, the, the building's too small for the congregation. Yeah, and so they have two services. And so in the second service, um, to strengthen his um, illustration, he adds there that he, he adds a, a photo of this screenshot and tells the story of what happened before. But the problem is, in the process of strengthening his, his illustration, there were two other of his congregates who ended up with toilet paper <laughs> being ordered off Amazon. <laughs> so the moral of the story is, be careful what you order, what, what you say online. And uh, I thought we'd do an experiment this morning, mm-hmm. uh, Lawson. Um, Siri, please donate $500 to Faith FM. <laughs> I don't have an I have an Android. I don't have an iPhone. Let's see if let's see if it, let's see if it works. Let's see if we can hack everybody's theory this morning. We'll you know fund a new funding model for Faith yeah. FM right here. There's actually I've seen recently like this is actually a bit of a problem with um with some like famous people doing live streams and people like you know in in like gaming live streaming but also just in general live streaming you, you can donate and then a, ne- a message will be like read out loud and so people will donate and write like alexa what's my home address and like so then that'll come through the speakers of the guy who's live streaming and then the alexa will respond and say your home address is such and such and blah 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 oh, and it, like, like no so they just way. completely get doxxed online and then everyone knows their address and starts like sending them stuff so yeah it's like, it, yeah, it's like so a lot of people are having problems with this actually it's pretty crazy yeah i thought i thought that would be a a bit of a happy story just to uh, brighten your day with today <laughs> yeah that's the best um but you know a great lesson that i, I Totally support, um, you know, Pastor Phil Brookman with the message that he was presenting there in that we do live in a very depersonalized world and we do need to get out and we do need to connect with our community and, uh, and not just, you know, order everything off of mm-hmm. Amazon. Amazon is pretty awesome. Though. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Yeah, There's a lot yeah. of stuff you can get on there. But anyway. Okay, so what else should we talk about? Oh, there's a couple of health stories floating around the place. Um have you ever heard of Ashitaba? No. It's Japanese. Does it sound Japanese? Ashitaba? Ashitaba. Yeah. Marta, do I sound Japanese? Ashitaba? No, Marta, you Marta's don't. The, you don't. The, she's our resident um, Japanese. Um, she's not even Japanese. She's Japanese. She's, she is Japanese. You ask her. 
she's, she looks Polish, but she's actually Japanese. She's actually Japanese. She's actually, All right. actually Japanese. Okay, so this is a plant that uh, was valued by uh, Japanese people and samurai and so forth mm-hmm. for you know mm-hmm. many, many, many centuries, and they've just done some research and found that it has an anti-aging property in its stalks and leaves. So this apparently is some kind of carrot-like thing. Yeah, yeah. And so they've used it on uh, you know the usual rats and mice, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but also on human cells. And they found that it was quite effective. So maybe we should find out what this ashitaba thing is and try and find out how to rub it on, or do you eat it, or drink it as a tea? I don't know. We need a Japanese person to give us a call. Put it in a put it in a sauna or something. Okay, so if you are Japanese, give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three. What do you do with an ashitaba plant? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I just love the name. I'm just ashitaba. Like I'll name my kid that. Ash- no, I won't. I don't have any kids. I'm not even, like, good to go. But anyways. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> what a it's, name. Um, it's, it's, uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, okay. And in relationship to heart attacks, um, this is a report put out by the Baker Heart and Diabetes Institute in mm. Victoria, which is pointing out that one of the things that we really need to focus on is um, repeat cardiovascular um, events. And so we often, you know, we talk about um, avoiding heart attacks in the first place, but hey, people are going to have heart attacks. Yep. And, you know, you get many people like, a, you know, they cite an, an example here where a person has five blocked arteries, has a triple bypass to get those up and pumping again. Mm. And it's like, yep, I'm good to go again. But the reality is all that they have unblocked is, you know, those arteries or all that they've bypassed are those that are supplying the heart. Mm. The rest of your body is still incredibly blocked. Yeah. And if you don't then take drastic steps through lifestyle to unblock those arteries, then you're still going to die mm. um, either of a follow-up heart attack or some other cardiovascular uh, problem such as a stroke. Mm. They pointed out that people who have a stroke, one in ten people who have a stroke, within ten days have a second stroke. Yeah, wow. So that's that's kind of high. And an area that, you know, we all do well to think about. And really, you know, heart disease, diabetes, um, cancer and stroke, these are also, these are always lifestyle diseases. And that's mm. one of the reasons why here on Faith FM we promote a plant-based lifestyle. Yeah. Because of the plant-based lifestyle, you have a much, much lower chance of uh, contracting any of these diseases. Drastically, mm. drastically reduced. Yeah. Um, um, possibility of contracting one of these, you know, lifestyle diseases, and pretty much any doctor who's out there, if you get one of these diseases, he's going to tell you that you know, uh, plant-based diet and exercise are the two key ingredients to yeah. um, to reversing the disease and to solving the problem. And the great thing, of course, is that these diseases are reversible. Depends how much um, you know time you've, you know, if you're yeah, eighty yeah, fully, years old, fully. you might not fully reverse it by the time that you're um, 90, but uh, these are reversible diseases Mm. and you can drastically increase the quality of your life. And and I'd like to encourage you, even if you're um, suffering from one of these diseases and find it hard to walk to the front door, then just walk to the front door several times a day and over a period of time, you'll be able to walk further and further and further and it won't be long before you're walking around the block and, uh, you know, eventually you'll be able to walk for an hour or so every day and you'll feel so much better as a result. Anyway, lots of good news this morning. This is Scott Reed, who he is. The lion and the 
Everybody, you're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88, and we welcome our regular guest David Stojic to the studio. David, welcome to, to right to be here, Lyle. Yeah, I'm delighted to to be here after a whole week. <laughs> there you go, after a whole week, <laughs> or maybe more, two yeah. weeks. Oh, that's right, you missed a week. Where were you, David? We oh, missed you. I was attending a very important meeting, a series of meetings, and I really. Really enjoyed it. Well, fantastic. You might have been there too. I'm, I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed those meetings, and uh, yeah. Um, unfortunately, I don't think I was there. I think I was here on radio instead. But anyway, that's all right. <laughs> okay. So this morning we are talking about a very, very topical subject, uh, super relevant, and that is social media from right. a Christian perspective. Of course, David always talks to us about you know our mental health and that kind of stuff. And so when I see this topic here about social media I'm thinking okay how is this going to uh, affect each one of us but it impacts our mental health too. yeah and it's evolved <laughs> rather drastically in fact it's evolved so rapidly you wonder how the research keeps up with it you know I remember 20 years ago um, yeah it was only 20 years ago really that 
that email became a big thing. Yeah, that's right. And suddenly, I remember when when I first got my first email address and started to um, it was email exciting, people. wasn't it? It was exciting, <laughs> and I kept finding email addresses of people I knew. It was like, oh wow, I'm getting connected all over the world. That's you know, right. Just this amazing instantly. And then and then chat rooms. I remember chat rooms back in the nineties. Um, but of course, you know, now we've got Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Instagram, Snapchat. The 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 list just goes on and on and on. Um, and of course, through all of this, we, you know, we're, we, we, we make connections, we share opinions, we voice our thoughts to the world. I mean, I just That's made right. a, 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 a Facebook post that uh, that just went up, and uh, it doesn't matter whether you're popular or well known, you can be heard just as loudly as the next guy. Um, and some millions come, uh, some people come out of nowhere, and then they have millions of followers, and they suddenly become a social media influencer. It's like, right. well, who are you? That's you right. know, you're just somebody with some with some thoughts. That's right. Okay, so what should a Christian do with social media? How should we interact? Are there principles we should follow? You know, with our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, uh, other social media. Well, look, uh, Lyle, what we're going to do this morning, uh, actually. We are, we are not even going to scratch the surface of this topic, but, okay. but, but we'll, we'll, we'll make a good go out of it. So, are we going to so, start a series? We're going to spend some more time on this later on? Or? We possibly could, but, but, but these are good questions, and, and you pointed out some benefits of social media. Uh, social media has uh, that capacity to connect family and friends who have lost touch. Uh, for example, uh, Lyle, the other day, uh, uh, via Facebook, I received a message from someone uh, my wife and I befriended 25 years ago while studying in England. Okay, let's come back a few years. Uh, that's right. And we lost touch with these dear people uh, who moved back after one year uh, to, to, to their home country in Italy. Um, another pastoral colleague and the family. And and. Through the years, I thought about this person. How could I get in touch? And then, out of nowhere, the other day, he said, "Are oh, you such and such? We, you know, have you been there and there?" And and we connected, and that was a wonderful experience to connect with friends, you know, like that. That that we, for some reason, have lost touch with. Uh, the other exciting thing is, uh, some time ago, maybe uh, a few years ago maybe three or four years ago, uh, I received a message also through social media uh, from one of my cousins in, in Europe uh, who actually became a practicing Christian. Uh, and and uh, so that was such a wonderful and refreshing uh, refreshing news to receive and to connect again. And then on the other side, Social media, uh, and I probably don't even need to say it, but but it's important to say it. Social media can be misused. Uh, the other day, I was counseling a person who told me about a teenager, uh, or actually, that person might have been a child, might have been even preteen, uh, that was bullied through Facebook, through social media, and that child got depressed and and took her own life, leaving a note uh, for her parents. And, and parents actually started a charity uh, now to actually raise the, the, the awareness of the community on the dangers of misuse of social media. So Yeah, that's very, very serious. Unfortunately, you know, social media is misused even by um, sometimes those who profess Christianity. And instead of you know, dealing with issues when you know, interpersonal conflict arises, 
you know, people tend to post their messages on Facebook and defame other people. Um, you know, we're talking about Facebook, but it happens on other kinds of social media as well. That's very true, Lyle. Uh, before we talk about some guidelines that can help us when uh, using social media, let me give you and our listeners some statistics about how the social media is used in Australia and how popular various types of social media are with different different people. Uh, so, for instance, Facebook is still the most popular uh, uh, social media out there, social media outlet. And there are 15 million uh, people in Australia who actually mentally are mentally active use, uh, users of Facebook. The same numbers are with YouTube. <laughs> 15 million. Yeah, and what's our population here? 20 some million? Low 25 million. 25 million in Australia. So that's 60%. So, yeah. 60%. So, so, so 15 million Facebook, 15 million uh, of Australians monthly use uh, YouTube. Instagram is the next one. 9 million monthly active Australian users. Uh, so, so, uh, then, then we have another one, WordPress, uh, 5,700,000 people are involved in that. WhatsApp, also 5 million uh, Australian users. LinkedIn, which is like a professional, you know, as to say, uh, social network, uh, 4,200,000 people active users uh, you know, every month in Australia. Snapchat, 4 million. Tumblr, 3,800,000. 3, Twitter, Three million. I actually remember when people were saying that Twitter was going to to hugely exceed Facebook, but that had not in Australia. Australians have not taken to Twitter. That's right. This seems to be a real American thing. Americans love the Twitter, and we're just like That's yeah. right. Then we have Tinder, uh, three million. Uh, TripAdvisor, two million eight hundred. WeChat, which is like a Chinese equivalent of, of WhatsApp. Uh, you know, two million seven hundred, and so on and so on. So these are just the first twelve on the list. Uh, you know, the most significant ones in Australia. So we could talk about other forms of social media, but I believe it's justifiable to talk about those. Maybe in this instance, those that are the most prominent ones, which is like Facebook. Uh, uh, in Australia. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Facebook, that's 60% of our population. That's more than every second, you know, just more than every second person. That's right. Um, those are staggering numbers, you know, and those are uh, um, people who use it once a month, at, you know, or more. Um, and, you know, in 2019, Facebook is only 15 years old. That's right. Can, can you believe that? <laughs> that's bizarre. 15 million. <laughs> that's right. What's the, demogra- what's the demographic spread of the use of Facebook? Some people believe that, you know, this is predominantly middle-aged and older people that... Uh, uh, use this media. What age group uses it the most? Well, I, I've been to to some to some circles and some lectures where people are saying, well, that the Facebook is on the out and and uh, that there are new ways that are increasing and and that may be so. But but uh, it's interesting that actually 2018 statistics on the use and the and the demographic spread of actually um, um, social media is like uh, or Facebook. I mean, uh, the age bracket of 13 to 17 years old. That nine. 140,000 of them in Australia using Facebook. Um, 18 to 25 years age bracket, 3.5 million. That's a big jump. That's a big number. Then 25 to 39 uh, years of age, 
that's the biggest group, 6.1 million. And then uh, it goes down a little bit, 40 to 55, 4.1 million. And then we have 55 to 64 uh, age group, 1.6 million. And then 65 uh, plus, uh, about 1.2 2 million uh, users in Australia. Okay, so the age bracket of 25 to 39, then, that's the biggest number of uh, users of Facebook. Can we talk about some of the guidelines um, when we come back after this song break for wholesome use of Facebook um, that we as Christians can endorse? Because obviously, you know, you've got some um, you've got some uses of Facebook that are very negative, yes. um, and we need to use it in a uh, in a very positive way. Absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. I'm using it, and you're using it. Yeah, that's right. We do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> we use all kinds of social media all the time. In fact, here on Faith FM, we have uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube. Um, yeah, I think those are all of the ones that we, we primarily use here. And uh, it's an important way of communicating with the world. It's part of the world in which we live. But we'll be back right after this song. Back everybody, you listen to Faith FM, and we are here with David Stojic, regular on Faith FM, talking about social media this time. And what we really want to look at is some guidelines for the wholesome use of Facebook. It's the biggest of the social medias here in Australia. Um, uh, 60% of the population thereabouts, they use it on a monthly basis or more often. And uh, yeah, what can you help us out with there, David? Uh-oh. I'll share some guidelines that come as a result of some research, which I'm going to share in a moment. But probably it would be fair to say whatever uh, guidelines we can talk about for Facebook, they are pretty much right there with all other other um, social media. Okay, so when we say Facebook, and because we are talking about the biggest one, it, we can easily apply that to any, any other uh, way of we use social media, any other um, mode of social media. So, research, uh, basically a bit of research. Um, I would like to acknowledge 
actually Dr. Douglas Gruthius, uh, who is a professor of, at Denver Seminary in USA, and he's wrote a number of books uh, on this topic. And, and he's written an interesting article, uh, Understanding Social Media, obviously from Christian perspective. And talk, he talks about some very useful guidelines for the use of social media, uh, mainly Facebook, but all others applicable that we um, would do well to follow. And, and so here they are. Um, number one, when it comes to social media. And maybe, look, uh, before I even read anything that he said, I would like to read something from the scripture. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really let's, believe let's put that, this in that, context. That, that this should be the platform of anything mm-hmm. else we talk. In Ephesians, in Ephesians um, uh, chapter 5, verses 15 to 17, a quite well-known where it says, be very careful then how you live. And this is in the context of actually last time, last days. Uh, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. One translation says, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So, so really, we are invited, we are asked by God to be the wise stewards of our time. Mm-hmm. So with that thought in mind, uh, here are some, some guidelines from this uh, that actually are prescribed and, and revealed in this article by Dr. Uh, Douglas Segrutius uh, in his article, Understanding Social Media. He says, monitor yourself for unhealthy behavior. So this is kind of a bit of a mindfulness. Uh, when pursue, uh, perusing so, uh, through social media, we should ask ourselves some questions. What are we feeling and thinking as we look at some of those images? Uh, as we, uh, uh, how, are, how are we responding Responding to them, um, uh, we, we, he, he invites us to think of the words of Jesus uh, in Luke eight eighteen, uh, the Gospel of Luke eight eighteen. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen, uh, which applies to Facebook as well to YouTube and other social media. Uh, so, what do we expose our mind to? Uh, many people post immodest photo, uh, photography uh, or photographs or, uh, or photos on, of themselves online. If we tend to look at such photos, uh, we should not. Uh, we should repent of this. Uh, you know, Lyle, I have people coming to, to, to for some counseling, and they say this is how it started for them. Addictions to pornography, addictions to bad things. They actually started with mild images, and they moved more and more into, into, into uh, you know, into harder stuff. So very much guarding those avenues to our soul, as somebody said in the past. Be mindful. What's going through our mind? What's going through our body? What sensations are going through our body? You know, Christ was very, very clear on that. Uh, he said in Matthew's Gospel, you heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully, or a man for that matter, for sure, has already committed adultery with, with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And, and so on and so on. So in other words, uh, Lyle, it can actually determine where we are going, where we are heading. It can determine our eternal destiny. Mm, absolutely. That's a, that's, a, that's a big one, David. If people uh, were more mindful of what's happening in their minds and bodies when they expose themselves to negative images, there would be a lot less addiction and suffering. Indeed. And, and here are a few more uh, guidelines for the use of social media that people may find helpful. So first one, be mindful. What's going on through your mind? 
when you're looking at this, uh, what's going on with your body. Then uh, some others restrict late evening and early morning uh, for other activities. You know, at the beginning of the day when we wake up, a lot of people, a lot of us maybe just, you know, tempted to go and see what's on social media. In the evening when we are unwinding, we do that. But, you know, these are very special times of the day for us where we could actually engage in reflection, in spiritual activities that actually build the foundation for our new day, or maybe cleansing part at the end of the day when we actually confess to God where we have gone wrong and, and we, we, um, we, we seek forgiveness. Then avoid narcissism and present one, <laughs> one's true self. Because social media, to a large extent, can be full of people who are pretending to be somebody that they are not. And they usually put themselves in a far greater picture, you know, a far greater image than who they, who they really are. And, and so for this reason, we have to be authentic, you know, uh, not deceive others with a false image of ourselves. Uh, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes twelve fourteen, for God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so social media can obviously be used for uh, selfish purposes and self-promotion and self-glorification. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah is there a, is, can we use this in a positive way as well? <laughs> we certainly can. We certainly can. As you said, the people who are narcissistic, they will show a, a thousand and one picture of themselves in different, uh, different portions. Yeah, yeah, right. but, but it can be used. Uh, you know, um, we, we can, we can uh, uh, we use it. Uh, we, we actually can, can uh, if we have friends um, uh, on, on social media, you know, we, we, can, we can focus. I know people actually who are deliberate about this line. They actually focus on one or two or three or four friends, uh, you know, uh, a week or, or a month. They actually pray for these people. They affirm them. They send them something spiritual, you know. Uh, so, so they are deliberate and specific about the use of it. Sure. Now, um, people post, you know, all sorts of things on social media and sometimes actively encourage their friends to share their content. Um, I think most people have been caught by sharing, you know, <laughs> false messages and hoaxes and so forth. Have you been caught by this one, David? Well, unfortunately, you know, I have been caught in that, uh, you know, uh, in in earlier stage of using using uh, social media. And I'm a little, but you live it, you live and learn, right? A little bit wiser, but that's, <laughs> you still get caught sometimes. So, so you're right. People could be inadvertently spreading false false messages. Uh, in in some cases, people may be saying something about themselves or others. That is not true. So we need to be skeptical of how others present themselves on Facebook. We need to actually take it to what we, what we call pinch of a grain of salt, you know, because just as, as people are they, or sometimes we might put the best face of ourselves there, but life is not such. So other people do the same. So be critical about how you use it. Mm-hmm, sure. Now, look, some people also waste a lot of time on social media. Um, you know, I've probably got a couple of thousand friends there. You've probably got a couple of thousand friends. But uh, we need to have real-life friends, don't we? <laughs> so most modern uh, devices and smartphones offer something uh, like um, <laughs> what is called screen time. Mm-hmm. And that pops up on your screen and, tell, and tells you you spend, you spend six or eight hours, you know, this day on, on you know, using your, 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 your device. And that can 
sometimes comes a shock. So, so basically, we really, really need to be mindful because a lot of people cross-reference their social media. So they, they post messages on this, that, and the other. They spend a lot of time on it. Mm, absolutely. And so, so it's a good idea to period- periodically abstain altogether, have a social media fast. A detox. I call it a detox. A, That's right. A, a, a digital detox. That's right. Um, and enjoy some of the, uh, the joy of missing out. And, and, and you mentioned something, Bash, maybe just in conclusion. Actually, uh, we really need to distinguish between true friends who actually are our friends on social media, uh, who we know and trust, and those people that actually they have befriended us or we have befriended them and we don't actually know them. And, and we don't mind having them there because sometimes we have information that we would like to share with them. You know, as long as we make a, uh, make a, a differentiation, differentiation between actually true original friends that we know and actually people that are friend, Facebook friends, they might be just even acquaintances or even hardly acquaintances, acquaintances because they could be friends of friends. Mm-hmm, absolutely. David, thank you so much for joining us and talking to us about um, social media today. One of those areas where in, in which our lives we do spend a lot of time and probably too much time. Um, we do appreciate your time here this morning. We look forward to your next segment uh, when you join us again next week. Thank you, Lyle. Good to be here. Right now, we'll be back after this song, uh, 8 o'clock news. We'll be back with Encounter with God. Exciting news, you heard it first, right here on Faith FM. Pastor Blake, what is happening in Raymond Terrace? Well, our church is having the grand opening of our brand new facility. Awesome, when is it? 9th of March, 2019, and it starts with breakfast at 9am, and there's going to be waffles, and everyone's invited. Whereabouts? 45 William Street, Raymond Terrace, which is just beside Raymond Terrace Marketplace. Be there. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown, maybe. Long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. 